You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Ah, what a week. It is the time in Bravo. I think we were all dreading. We knew it was coming, but COVID has hit in Orange County and Charleston. And I'm honestly hating it even more than I thought I would. Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that we're still living in it (laughs) and it's a reminder of that. I mean, this year has felt like several chapters in one and Southern Charm in particularly it takes me back to the time I thought COVID would be done in September. Oh, I mean, there were moments where I was Craig, not Craig and thinking it's a conspiracy and we'll dive into that lightly. Uh, but when Craig said, I think this will be over in a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, I think we all thought it was going to be over in a little bit and we were confused. And I think as you're watching this, you kind of have to take yourself back. And I was remembering so that I would really appreciate the timestamps that Bravo did, particularly for Southern Charm. But do you remember like March 12th when they announced that they weren't going to do the NCAA basketball tournament? March Madness has been canceled. And a few teams had pulled out and then they canceled the whole thing. And it just felt like then all of a sudden that next day I woke up on Friday and everything was being canceled and shut down. And by Sunday night for me in St. Louis and I think for you in Kansas City, our cities just shut down. That was it. Everyone was working from home. Daycares were closed. Schools were closed. I mean, it just... It's weird to go back to that moment and just think like how quickly things changed for all of us. Yeah. Well, March was wild because one, I was supposed to be going to Barcelona. I had a trip to Barcelona um, that didn't happen. So then it didn't happen because, you know, in Europe, they started to shut down things much sooner than the States. But my mindset was like, okay, well, they're shutting down. We should go somewhere else. Oh, how about Charleston? I was actually trying to plan a trip to Charleston and then things like really picked up quickly and they're kind of showing that throughout the show. Like, I mean, I think I may, I might've even made a meme. I was like, Oh my God, all these people are taking this so seriously. It's like going to be like a no big deal. Oh boy, was I wrong? But yeah. So I was supposed to go to Charleston. We ended up canceling. I have like extra flight credits because at that time there was lots of memes too about how cheap travel was. So I think there was a lot of people willing to risk getting COVID and not thinking of the severity of it just for cheap travel. I fell into that trap and it was, well, not even a trap, but I fell into that and still have those travel credits now. But I was supposed to be going to Charleston and I feel like 
you were either Craig or Whitney. I mean, Whitney threw the toilet paper at Craig. He had the gloves on. I didn't feel panicky until I made my Costco trip before my office was going to about to shut down, which I have not been back to the office since then. And I saw everyone around me like stocking up. And then immediately I felt like, oh my God, I need to stock up. This is like, this is real. I think it hit me a little bit later because I have worked from home. I'm a, I am used to travel a lot for work. I never thought I would. That used to be my biggest complaint. Vanessa knows. And always people like, God, Abby, you're, you're, Abby, you're traveling so much. Aren't you so exhausted? I'm like, I know. I need to like find a way to balance it all more. I miss travel now. But I've worked from home for the last seven years. And so like I've kind of been used to the whole being home thing. So like I think it hit me a little bit later because offices shutting down didn't really impact me. I've always worked from home. I continue to work from home. Trips started getting canceled. I was like, that's weird. And more like work trips. I think for me, it really hit in April when um, the, I think our, well, actually late March when the stay at home order for all of St. Louis take, was taken into effect. But also when we couldn't find toilet paper, when we couldn't find hand sanitizer, when I couldn't find Lysol wipes, like you couldn't find the basic bread, basic necessities because everyone was hoarding it. And that's what I was like, holy shit, this is real. This isn't just some little like two week preparing for a blizzard snowstorm. If you lived in the Midwest, you know how that is like the eggs, the milk, the bread, it's all gone. This was like, it was just intense watching it. And I think going back to the beginning, it was hard because in some ways I missed that feeling of like, we're going to be over this soon. It's okay. And now here we are in November. We're like, fuck, where's the light at the end of this tunnel? And I'm just, I'm not ready to go back to the beginning. No, I'm not. And as much as I love these characters, if you will, on the show, like, I mean, you know, we love Craig, but watching Craig be upset that he can't have a party. I mean, I don't know that I really want to relive I know. That, especially knowing how many people lost their jobs. And I mean, they're showing from a business perspective, the decisions that Leva's making from being in the restaurant industry and knowing how heavily impacted that has been. It's just, ugh. I know. I don't, yucky. I'm not liking it. And then it's like, what's next is Catherine's monkey emoji and the whole racist thing. And so it's just like, oh, like I just feel, I feel the same way with OC. I just feel like it's so heavy and I get it. Like, this is what we all went through. This is like, it's reality TV. You have to show it, but it's like, this makes me appreciate Salt Lake and Potomac so much more because I watch Bravo as an escape from real life. And it's like the same thing. I think it's like a fine line with like our expectations with housewives and politics and talking about it. Cause to be honest, I don't go to housewives for political information. And I don't really know if I want to. So I get like talking about it on the show. I totally support that. But I think like, this is our escape. And so it's like, if we can't get our escape and Bravo, what are we going to do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious to see, you know, in Southern Charm, how they're going to handle Black Lives Matter. I do think it's an important discussion and conversation, especially in Charleston. I just hope they do it Right. And it doesn't feel contrived or forced. I know there was lots of rumors about them filming at that um, memorial memorial, and it seemed really forced and disingenuous. So I'm just curious to see how it's going to play out. And I'm really hoping Lava kind of brings that full circle for me. But it just feels very disjointed and... I I mean, I think our opinions are going to change every week. Right now, I feel like I'm hate watching. 
which yeah. is a we're very big job. for all of you. And so basically we're not doing a great job recapping, but that's, in a nutshell, COVID <laughs> hit and they're all like, the only person who I will say, like, I was shocked at his global perspective and like the ability to really understand what was happening was Shep. Like he was the first one to say to Craig, like we're in uncharted waters, cancel your trip to New York. Like this isn't like, this isn't going anywhere. And he's like, I think this is just the beginning. And I'm like, holy crap. Shep is now the voice of reason. And like, I'm agreeing with him a lot in this episode. Like when he told his girlfriend, like, please don't come to like, you know, she might be exposed to COVID. And he's like, you can't come to Hilton Head because my parents can't get sick. It's like, wow. And not that his girlfriend wanted to go. She was basically saying she shouldn't go. But I was just like, wow, Shep is like, being a responsible adult, maybe quarantine and COVID kind of like with Carl. Well, what's, house. Yeah. Well, people what's just funny. Thrived. Well, what's funny is on Twitter, someone, you know, he's gotten a lot of tweets of like, Shep was not wrong. Is Shep the voice of reason? And he said, I listened to experts, believe it or not. And I knew it was just the beginning because they had studied their whole lives for that moment. You know what, Shep? Bravo. Bravo. I totally agree with you. I would like an expert, a medical expert to weigh in on having odor gland removal. I Googled this. I will screenshot like my brief little Google thing, but like, it seems like a very extreme surgery and it's not. So I was like, if you have your odor glands removed, why does the smell of something bother you? I realize your odor glands. I was thinking like smell, like the sense of smell. She well, had that yeah, I, I mean, I did too, because I mean, you hear odor and gland yeah. and we're no medical ep- <laughs> experts. Yeah. So removing your odor glands is just removing the glands that cause you to sweat and produce odor. 12 surgery seems, seems extremely extreme. I don't know what, like, it, like, why did you have to have 12 surgeries to stop sweating? And I, this is coming from someone I will like say, I sympathize. I in middle school and high school had extreme sweating problems from my armpits. Like it was like terrible, embarrassing. I only wore certain color shirts. Like I get it. I would go to bed at night. There's like a, thing that you can put on it burns and stings called certain dry and then I would wrap my pits in saran wrap and it would hurt so bad but that was the only way I wouldn't have like major sweaty pits throughout my day at school so I get it but like I would never go through 12 surgeries for that and I don't know what doctor approves it uh I mean it's an elective surgery that's the wildest thing I've ever heard 12 like it's absurd like I I can't even wrap my head around it whatever doctor I mean I feel like it's the same doctor that gave Michael Jackson propofol like who shouldn't have been doing that (laughs) right it's just like what in the what in the world but you guys the fact that the 12 odor glands was overshadowed by what we'll get to a thumbs up emoji like goes to show how wild Salt Lake is like there's so many different things that happen and typically in any other housewife franchise we would be talking about 12 surgeries to remove odor glands for like at least three episodes I mean I could keep talking about it right now but it's like it's not even worth it because we really need to get into the buildup of the thumbs emoji which honestly started as a conversation between Whitney and Lisa. And Whitney was just saying, letting Lisa know. And I actually think Whitney went about this in a very nice, genuine way. And maybe it's just the dumb blonde in her that like, I don't think she had any ill intent, but she just wanted to let Lisa know that however it started, Lisa claims that Whitney asked for it. Whitney's claiming that Lisa gifted it, but Lisa gave her a bunch of tequila for her vow renewal. And that included bartenders. And Whitney wanted to let Lisa know that the bartenders themselves got very drunk 
broke stuff at her house and she thinks drank some of her husband's like really nice uh was it bourbon or scotch or something like that a very expensive alcohol my husband's really into bourbons so like i i totally get it um but anyway that's where the conversation started that's like how the fight started and lisa gets really upset and feels like whitney wasn't appreciative and that like somehow whitney was trying to spin it to make lisa look bad i didn't get that impression at all i mean it was it was the most comical fight to me. And one, I cannot stand how Lisa says tequila because she says tequila. Like the There's tequila. a few things she says weird. She I've said, noticed. You know, I got you the tequila. And then Whitney, I mean, she didn't even drink the tequila. And I mean, I don't. I doubt they were that friendly before. I mean, I feel like Whitney, to Lisa's tiny defense, I feel like Whitney went into this like, let me get free booze. We're on the show together. Like, let me kind of milk this relationship a little bit. But it was so funny watching them have that conversation because it was like pettiness. It felt like PTA mom fight. Like, like, yeah, like, like you said you were bringing jabs. the orange slices and you didn't bring the orange slices, bitch. Like that's the level of which it was like, this seems so bizarre. It was also so think, bizarre. Yeah. How can, this is the only thing that I would like, there are a lot of people at that Bauer Newell. Like it seemed like there are a lot of people in the house unless she actually saw it. Like, how is she certain that it was the bartenders? That was the only thing. Like if I was Lisa, I would just say like, I will have a talk with my bartenders about drinking on the job, but like, unless you can say with a hundred percent certainty that they broke stuff in your house and drank some of your private booze, I don't, I don't feel comfortable talking to them about that because it might not have been them. Like, well, I just also, think like what alcohol owner has bartenders? Like I, that yeah. part kind of confused me too. Cause she doesn't own a restaurant. She just owns an no. alcohol Company. It's not like a catering company. I don't know. I mean, it was just petty. Exactly. The pettiness, the level of pettiness in that conversation. Like I was like, oh my God, this is classic housewives. Like I live for this shit. That's the thing that makes housewives so great. It's like going back to the hospital smell. It's like things that seem so stupid. It's like, why are people fighting about it? It makes it that much more entertaining because in real life, like this would never, I, I would never have this conversation. So honestly, like at this point, we've got 12, you know, surgeries to remove odor glands. We have tequila gate. And then like, before we go into even like what the best part is, we have this moment with Meredith and her husband where he, I want to be really careful, but like. He was either very drunk, had just been crying, or was high. His eyes were so red. He was acting kind of off from the other scenes that we had seen him in. But he looks at her and says, who all have you told that we're separated? Yeah, I was not expecting that. I felt like because he was filming, you could censor a lot of nerves. And yeah. I would not blame him if I had a couple drinks. Like, it's probably a conversation he wants to have. And I feel like given the state of their relationship, like – I could see him being the type of partner, and this is not healthy. It's it's very toxic. Like wanting to hold her, like I don't I don't want to even say accountable, but like likes having the cameras there almost as proof. It's documented, like, yeah. yeah. Like she it's can't, documented she can't to like, yeah, yeah. She can't backpedal. It kind of helps his argument a little bit. But that conversation was very uncomfortable, especially for an episode two. We don't have too much context of the relationship, so yeah. And okay, here's the thing. I and I agree with Meredith on this, but his whole thing about the phone, like, do you think something fishy is going on? And do you think you have to look through someone's cell phone to prove that? 
So here's what would bother me is the fact that he'd be like, here, I'll give you my phone now. Look at my phone. I have nothing to hide. Now give me yours. I would be like, what? I would want to know what sparked your like desire. And I'm guessing this has been several conversations because he even said, like with the phone, you never give me your phone. Why is he so intent on wanting to look at it? And to her defense, part of the reason why if I were her, I'd put my foot down and not want to show is because if they're separated and possibly leading to divorce, like her, she needs to protect her business. And the less he knows, the better. So I totally get why like she's not going to just hand over her phone where she probably has work emails and work conversations via text. But I don't think I've ever... So like... Kevin, his fingerprint works on my phone and mine works on him. It's more just like in a case of an emergency, like we can use one of those phones. I've never been like tempted or even had the desire to go look through it. But I also know that like all I'm going to find is like a fantasy football chat with about like stupid shit. Like I just don't – I like would you – like I don't know. Like do you think if you gave Kyle your phone, he'd be like, oh my gosh, this is great. I'm going to like dig through everything. Like we're not that exciting. No, not at all. I mean he does find my group chats with girls like <laughs> – the girlfriend's like very interesting and entertaining. So he does get like a kick out of that. But no, I mean, we've all watched the Betty Broderick story. So we all know what, you know, what, when it comes to divorce and whole, I mean, we don't want it to get deadly, but in terms of documentation and especially when a lot of assets are at stake and it sounds like they're a pretty wealthy couple, like I, you've nailed it. I hadn't even thought about that perspective, but absolutely. Like, why should she want to want to share that? And plus that's just a trust thing. Like, yeah, I, I feel like it's weird. It's not going to solve anything if he had to look at her phone, unless you're Tristan Thompson and Khloe Kardashian, but they're not. So I don't know. It's, it's weird. But we also, I mean, aside from that discussion, before we even get to the thumbs up, is Whitney Rose a real human being? Uh, watching her, <laughs> learning so much more about her. I was like, who is this girl? She's talking about her stripper pole. And I love how she looked at the camera and was like, yeah, I was a really good Mormon girl and did all this. Of course I'm going to rebel. And I've been oppressed. And like, I'm going to get this stripper pole. And she's doing her thing and like doesn't care. And then talking about the swinger rumors and her dad and his um, addiction issues. I was just like, whoa, like, I didn't see any of this coming and it feels like you can't make this person up. You can't. She's, she's just a rare gem, particularly for housewives. There's so many layers to her too. I think we're just learning about her. Like on the surface, she seems like a dumb blonde who like had an affair, married the guy. He's a little bit older than her and they're still together. It's like, Oh, okay. Like kind of an unexpected start to their romance, but whatever, like really doesn't seem that like, scandalous on the surface. I think there's a lot with her dad. She was talking about how she's supported him financially, emotionally with his painkiller addictions. It sounds like it happened like she was 16 around the time when it started causing friction with her parents, uh, her dad's issue. A lot of times then the oldest kid kind of has to become a parent to the parent. So maybe she's had a parent, her dad. I think there's a lot there. Yeah, I don't know. And I love the fact that she's just so open about who she is. Like some people will try to hide the stripper pole or, you know, say like, oh, I use it as a workout. It's a really good core workout. She's like, no, I use it because I'm figuring out who I am now. And I just, I don't know. I, I'm starting to really like Whitney. So 
I just think, too, it's like, don't, you know, I feel like she's been through so much. And I don't want to say she's like in the rebellion stage of her life because she has been, you know, quote, oppressed, (laughs) which I kind of like, wait, you got to use that term loosely here. I mean, (laughs) let's not let's not say that. But I I kind of feel like she's not like a bullshitter. Like she's not afraid. Don't let that sweetness fool you. Like she throws shade in a different kind of way. It's like a very like petty Settle like sweet voice kind of way, which I, felt, I don't feel like we have enough yeah. housewives like that. No, she's. I thought that Meredith might be like the Stephanie Pullman. I actually think Whitney's the Stephanie Pullman. Like, I just think we need more people that just seem like genuine and uh, share the good, the bad, and the ugly of their lives. I will say, like, she came right for Lisa though, and I don't think she was ready. Lisa terrifies me. So I will say this: I think Lisa is going to be the person that we all love to hate. The way she immediately spun all of the like attention and drama like over onto Whitney and was like, you made a note about this. Like she is a gaslighting queen. It's an art form watching her do this. In real life, I'm terrified of her. I don't actually ever really want to have to like interact with her too much because like she terrifies me this like I'm just I'm very afraid of people like this because they're so manipulative and smart and they know what they're doing. But she is going to be amazing TV to watch and is going to possibly be my favorite housewife that I love to hate. Not my favorite housewife, but like for that viewing purpose, she's she's going to be good, guys. Oh, she's got or means already so many one-liners already. She is – she's, you know, vicious. Like I, I'm scared of her too. And she doesn't back down. Like, I mean, she stands her own ground and she starts to make you believe. You're like, wait, am I crazy? Like if I was Heather, I was like, did, am I the good girl? Like yeah, maybe did, I, did, I, did I flash someone and I don't remember? Like, yeah. Is there more that I did that I don't know? Because the way Lisa's talking to me is – making me feel that way. But I just like, I mean, she said, if I give you a Chanel necklace and you choke on it, that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> like, wow. wow. I'm that's, I mean, that's a housewife for you guys. Ice so, queen, like legit yeah. ice queen. So I think the best part about this whole episode though, was like the debate that has happened amongst so many of our friends, Bravo people, all of us are like weighing in and it's really shocking to me. So I think overall, when it comes up to the when when it comes to the thumbs up emoji. So it seems like the younger uh part of the millennials and into Gen Z agree that one thumbs up is kind of like a snarky. And I when someone described it to me as it's like saying just K on a text, like if somebody gives you a bunch of stuff and it like you can tell like there might be some tone and you just send back a K or somebody sends back just a K instead of okay, you're like, oh that's there's some attitude there. But what started this big fight is Lisa basically said that Heather sent her a thumbs up emoji and one thumbs up means F you, two thumbs up means like sounds good, okay. I mean, I will say that 10% of the time where I'm using it in a way that might be the F you is probably reserved to my husband. Like it's probably yeah. reserved <laughs> to Kyle. Like I, it's like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be out on the golf course later and having a couple more beers while you're like going crazy with yeah. your kids. And like, then I'm like, up. Thumbs All right, buddy. Up. yeah, that's, I mean, that's when I would use it. But majority of the time I use it as an okay. And then for Heather then to admit in her interview, like, yeah, that was an F you. Like, yes, that was a fuck you. Like, I was like, what? Is this, this is the best fight? part about this show, you guys. It's like she was like literally upset in the as they're all eating dinner, defending herself, saying that wasn't the intent at all. And then the producers ask her and she immediately goes, absolutely, I meant F you. I'm like, I love this show because 
majority of the other franchises, the women will still double down on their interviews and then they double down at the reunion. You know this is coming up at the reunion. And I think this is what Lisa meant when she said she's looking forward to the reunion because she wants everyone to be honest. I think there's more episodes like this where like she knows that what people meant to say and then in their interviews they're telling the truth, but to her face they're lying. And I don't, I mean, guys, I, and episode three is already available. We have, I have not watched it yet. We will recap it on our next recap, but just know that episode three is available on the Bravo TV app or on Twitter. I don't understand how you watch it on Twitter. So please don't ask us, but I think you just click on a link. And let's just, um, Mary's face was everyone. I mean, Mary is good. We didn't get a lot of her. I mean, wait, I forgot. I already forgot about the odor glands. All right. Moving on. And it's like we had two episodes in one. All right, OC. So basically, I think we can sum, them, sum this up in a few minutes. COVID has hit the Orange County uh, area. N- not really a big shock that Stan- Shannon is like stockpiling all the stuff. I think she is creating like a bomb shelter, as Gina said. She's getting all the frozen meals. She's trying to get all the toilet paper, all the hand sanitizer. I mean, she is the reason why like I actually at one thought one point in the whole quarantine thought I was going to have to use my kids' baby wipes and just throw them away to like, you know, when I go to the bathroom because we were that low on toilet paper and it was nowhere to be had. So I, I, she doesn't shock me that she's the, like that person who I think was so selfish. That's like, I'm going to get a million, you know, rolls of toilet paper because I cannot bear the idea of being running out of it. So it, it's hitting OC poor Brown one is getting ready to have her vow renewal. And there's also a storm. So it has to all move inside. And I think like the biggest thing for me that I take away from this episode is I have been pleasantly surprised with Gina's support and dedication to Brown one. When she said that she won't drink at the vow renewal, she was telling the other women, like, there's not gonna be tequila there. Let's not do tequila. That's a trigger. I just was really proud of her. And Honestly, even Shane later on, and we can touch on that. Like, I was impressed that Shane kind of was like Kelly and Shannon having to go get tequila. Like, they, this isn't just somebody like, oh, I don't feel well. I'm not going to serve alcohol, or I'm, you know, I'm pregnant. I'm gonna, I'm not going to serve alcohol at my baby shower, and someone brings it. This is like an addiction and disease, and you show up holding the bottle of tequila. I yeah. like, I just can't stand Kelly. I I didn't know that Gina was sober. Like, I don't know that they've ever – have they discussed that? And I totally blocked that out because she had made references that they're sober buddies. Like, I had no idea that Gina didn't I drink. I think she's just staying – I think she's just stay, staying sober whenever she's around Bronwyn. Like, she told Bronwyn at that lunch, like, I won't drink around you and support you. And also, I want to point out, Gina said to her, are there meetings here? And she's like, yeah, there's one in the morning. I'm going to go. And Gina said, I'll go with you. Like, I'm really impressed. How, and I think it's because she had an alcoholic parent and she understands how hard it is to get sober. But like, I applaud Gina for like being such a good friend. I don't think she's sober like all the time. I think she's just sober around Bronwyn. Ah, okay. Well, I wasn't sure. I mean, I wasn't sure. Either way, I, I agree with you. I applaud yeah. Gina. Um. So basically... <laughs> Then we get to the vow renewal, and I have to say, you guys, I when I saw the previews for this, I freaked out because I like I can't, I I don't want Bronwyn and Sean to get a divorce. I mean, she's going through enough as it is, and vow renewals don't have a great history. And I was kind of glad Shannon brought it up, and that we got the montage of all the couples that have uh, ended their marriages shortly after their vow renewals. Yeah, I mean, vow renewals are the unofficial kiss of death. I mean, or maybe official. So. 
Oh yeah. I mean, it kind of feels like it's like a storyline thing. I don't, I don't get it. Um, all these, I mean, you just like want them to do your vow renewal, but it looks like they've done it before in their relationship and it's sweet that their kids get to be a part of it. Yes. Totally agree. Um, what did you think of the gifts to one another? Uh, well, I thought the ring, I thought that was very, very sweet and very thoughtful with all the different gemstones, unless she has a November baby and there's citrine in there because I'm not a fan of that <laughs> gemstone. But it's it very, is really very, bad. It's really yeah. bad. Uh, that it was very sweet. His necklace, it's not for me. I know there's a lot of sentimental value there, and and you know there's she Bronwyn shares some things to her stories about from Kauai Carver. I I know there's so much there, but I still feel like it's ugly. Yeah. I agree. I I like how she said, and I'll stop making fun of him, but we probably still will. All right, Potomac, they uh, continue on with their trip. I mean, I just think, like, it looks like they're having so much fun. For the most part, they're getting along. We haven't really gotten to the part where the fight is going to happen with um, Ashley and Candace. So it's like, I, we all know it's coming, but I'm, like, trying to enjoy the fun, nice episodes before it gets kind of dark again. I just love that we're not talking about COVID. The women are traveling. Like, it's fun. It's just fun seeing people out, seeing housewives the way they used to be. And like I, like we said earlier, this is our break from the rest of our lives. So, like, this was a refreshing episode to watch. I love the pranks. I love that they, like, put the uh, insects in Wendy's bed. And then they ask the producers for the cameras. And they're sitting in the hallway watching it. Like, that is... There's something about the fourth wall now turning into like a scene and being part of the show that makes Potomac just so like groundbreaking when it comes to reality TV. Oh, we need more pranks. It's just this lighthearted and fun. Like it's like on Beverly Hills when they did the impersonations of each other. We just need more fun. Just a little bit more lighthearted. Just like be a little more jokester. Like I just think that's great. I know you made a note of this and we made a meme about it and a lot of comments and a lot of like overwhelming support. Uh, I think this is like maybe also one of the few shows where we're actually seeing like the pump is a character. The the pump is here to stay, people. I But I applaud Bravo for showing it because like every new mom knows that when you travel, pumping is like it's a burden and it's another job and it sometimes can take away from the fun. And so I'm glad that they're showing it and like not – trying to be like, oh, she's just gone for a little bit. And it seems like five minutes, you know, Ashley pops back in. No, she's gone for a while when she's pumping. She's so I, I mean, it brought me so much joy as someone who's exclusively pumping. I'm like, oh, I feel it. I feel seen right now. That pump. I mean, let's give the pump a little dress at the reunion <laughs> along with T'Challa. Like, give, I mean, put on a little gold, yellow gold little cape on the pump. But yes, the pump is you know, I'm problematic and here to stay. And I just love that the Potomac women are normalizing breastfeeding and pumping. Like it's, there's, there shouldn't be any shame in that. And it's, it's real. It's part of their reality. Yeah. It was good to see it. It was fun. And then really what next week, uh, we're going to get more of the whole character, um, witness, you know, thing that Ashley's really only doing this because, she is kind of those people that's blindly loyal to someone. I think she just really appreciates Monique being in her corner when stuff was happening with Michael and all of that. But it's odd that, like, 
I think I just think it's weird that Ashley's putting herself into this. We talked about it last week, but all that's really going to come to a head in the next episode. So I feel like we'll kind of wait to kind of discuss all of that once we see the whole thing play out. But I mean, there's a lot of good Potomac time left and they've already filmed the reunion. It was in person. So we know like we're getting near the end, but it's, I think it's just going to keep climbing up. I talked about the plateau that they were on. We're on the up people. And I think we'll be on the way on the way up the whole, the whole rest of the season. And so with that, that, we are going to wrap up, but a quick shout out really fast is to Dolly Parton because she takes up over the world and she's amazing and she's contributing to the vaccine. And I, if I did that, misquoted that, please let me know, Abby. No, we'll she's sh- amazing. I mean, she was like, I want this pandemic to end. So she gave Moderna a ton of money, a lot of money to make this vaccine happen. And, you know, I just think. She's, I've always loved her, but like when you think about celebrities using their money for something like that, I mean, we applaud you because we're all sick of watching COVID on Bravo. We're sick of living it and we're ready for it to end. Absolutely. And she's doing her part. And now you can do your part by continuing. If you'd like to support us, check out our Patreon page. We have a lot of fun episodes on there. Patreon.com slash Real Moms of Bravo. A lot of exclusives coming up. We have a lot of really, really fun content. We see your reviews, even the bad ones, but we (laughs) mainly focus on the good ones. So please help us to get five stars. Leave a five-second review or a written review. It means the world to us. And we will catch you all next week. Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else. Ask your doctor about Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrelvy.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AbbVie.